0: I'm going to pray for us. Father, I thank you this morning for the power of your word. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you will speak through me this morning. Holy Spirit, we need you. I need you. And so we thank you, Lord, that you can do what only you can do. Come and have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, church, this morning, I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I realize in a room like this, we can possibly have people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And I know if there is one topic that the church can be so divided on, it is the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you this morning. We are not here to be weird. We're not here to be strange. We are just here to be biblical. And we are here because Jesus said when he ascended, last week we celebrated Ascension Day. And Jesus said when he ascended, his last words to the disciples were, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know about you, but if my Bible says Jesus said, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm then going to expect to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, well, why don't we get into the word? I'm going to start right in the beginning of Acts 1, verse 4 to 5. And so the book of Acts, a lot of scholars refer to this as the book of the Holy Spirit. Why do they say that? Because this is actually the moment, Pentecost was the moment that the Holy Spirit was poured out onto all mankind. And so before I get into that, why don't we just start reading in Acts 1, verse 4. It says the following, while being together and eating with them, this is now Jesus, commanded them. Okay. Did anyone read? It doesn't say suggestion. It reads commanded. Okay. Commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. And in verse 5, for John baptized with water. But you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. So Jesus is getting ready to ascend. He's ready to go back to the Father. And he says, you will not make it without supernatural help. That's the Marissa translation. So Jesus said, I am not going to leave you as orphans. You've been with me now for three years. You've walked with me. You've seen miracles. You've seen what the power of God can do. And now I'm going. And they were scared. The disciples were scared. They weren't just scared that Jesus was going to leave them as orphans and, you know, now what must they do? But they were also scared because of the Roman Empire and all these people that crucified Jesus that maybe they will be next. And so Jesus said, Do not be fearful. Just wait for the gift of the Father. Go back to Jerusalem. And it was actually, I think, a couple of days walk back to Jerusalem that they had to go back. They assembled themselves. They went into the upper room. This feels like an upper room this morning. The upper room, 120 of them, and they sat. They were united in one accord, the Bible said, and they started praying. Praying and waiting. Praying And waiting, praying and waiting. And so let's see what it says in Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And verse 9. And after he said these things, he was caught up as they looked on, and a cloud took him up out of their sight. Okay, I actually want to get on to the next one. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost had come, okay, what is what does the word Pentecost mean? The word Pentecost actually means the number 50. So it means that 50 days after the Passover. The Holy Spirit was poured out 10 days after Jesus ascended to heaven. So in 10 days, they received the promise. And Pentecost was also an annual Jewish festival. It was called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of the First Fruits. So if you were a Jew, you had to come. doesn't matter where you lived. You had to come to Jerusalem at least three times a year for three important feasts. God was actually, I don't know about you, but in the Old Testament, they had a lot of feasts. There was a lot of celebration going on, okay? And one of the feasts was the Feast of Pentecost, this feast of the first harvest. And they were actually celebrating the first buds of the harvest. And the Jewish men were required to go there. And what was so profound about this time that the Lord chose to pour out His Spirit, Was that people, Jewish people, and different people from all over the world actually came to Jerusalem for this festival. So at this time, you had people from all nations, from all languages, from all backgrounds, in one place. Coincidence or godly divine strategy. Okay? So this is the background. Okay, Acts 2. So when the day of Pentecost, of this festival, had come, this is now the disciples, the 120 of them, were all together in one place in the upper room. And suddenly, everyone say suddenly, a sound came from heaven like a rushing, violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Next. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire. Which were being distributed among them. And they rested on each of them as, as each, each person received the Holy Spirit. Number four. And they were all filled. Everyone say all. Does this mean in Greek one person or ten? Or all? All were filled. That is diffused throughout their inner being. I love the Amplified. Diffused throughout their entire being with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Okay, how crazy. Jesus said, wait. Ten days, they wait, they wait, and they pray, and they wait, and they pray. And suddenly... The Holy Spirit comes in massive force, in massive dramatic fashion. He comes like a rushing wind. And I can imagine this was not a little wind or a breeze blowing. This was a crazy hurricane sounding wind. It wasn't a wind. It was like a wind. And who knows? We've spoken about the Holy Spirit. How many times does the Bible refer to the Spirit in symbolic fashion As a wind, as fire, as oil, as a dove. Those are all different characteristics, ways, symbolism that the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came and he was poured out. And this was probably the biggest, single most important thing that happened Okay, if we are a New Testament believer, which I believe we all are in this room, this is massive. This is hugely significant. Okay, if we read our Bible and we refuse to read this, then that's a little sad. (laughs) Because Jesus said, it will be impossible for you to live this kingdom life. We've been talking about kingdom life for the last three, four weeks. Okay, All of those beautiful things Jesus taught will be impossible for you and me to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, impossible. No way, man, you wouldn't be able to. So Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you a holy helper from heaven. So church, I want to encourage you this morning. Is on fire, On Wednesday night, we spoke to our team about this. We prayed. And one of our team the, away for the weekend, and she said to me, I don't know what's going on, but I cannot sleep for the last three nights. I said, Chick, that's the fire of the Holy Ghost on you. Okay. old school Pentecostal. I'm very excited about this church, because honestly, if we think that we can live a life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Where are we? What are we talking about? There is no such thing as a Christian without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't want anyone to feel any condemnation. Okay. Sometimes we grow up in church. I grew up in a church where no one ever taught me these things. Somehow I learned all the Bible stories in in primary school, but no one told me about the gift of the Holy Spirit. No one told me I could pray for the sick and see them get healed. No one told me that there is power available. And I don't know about you, but the moment I found it out, the moment I was prayed for, something changed in my life, and I was never the same. And that's why I am here like a crazy woman preaching the word of God, because as a child I could not even open my mouth in front of another person. There is die kracht van die Heilige Gechiërs. Oeh, jullie moeten op de ogen. And I only had one cup of coffee. Praise the Lord. Okay, the New Testament church was born. The fire of the Holy Spirit was poured out onto ordinary people like you and like me. Okay, and the disciples, the Bible actually said they turned the world upside down. I don't know about you, my monument of my tombstone stone, They turned the world upside down. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in anything less. Jesus said, it will be impossible for you, but here is my Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? It's the Spirit of God. It's the third head of the three-part Godhead. We have God the Father, we have God the Son, Jesus Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit. When we spoke about the Holy Spirit, I think it was earlier this year. I think in January already, I felt like the Lord said, this is the year of fire. Okay? So we spoke about the Holy Spirit. We spoke about how he was active in the Old Testament. Right there. Because some people, you know, you have all sorts of different theologies and snarks around Holy Spirit. He was already there in the Old Testament. Genesis 1, it says, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the waters. Okay? Creation was possible because of Holy Spirit. Jesus' conception, miraculously, the Bible says, Mary was with child of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. And even Jesus had to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to say this. If Jesus had to receive the power of the Holy Spirit for His ministry how much more do we need the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Come on. Jesus is our example in everything. What are the roles of the Holy Spirit before we go into what I really want to talk about. But this is good foundation. The apostle John, who had such an incredible love for Jesus, he wrote so much about the Holy Spirit. When you really want to do a, a beautiful study of Holy Spirit and His characteristics and who He is as a person. Because remember this, Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not some magical force. He's a person. He's a gentleman. He's loving. He's got emotions. But He's also powerful. He's also the power force of the Trinity. And in John fourteen twenty six, actually verse 16 and 26. John describes him as the parakletos, parakletos. And that Greek word actually means one who is called to come alongside, one who is come to, called to come and assist us. So Holy Spirit is always around you. Amen. Did you know that the Bible also says that the Holy Spirit is the one that actually convicts the world about its sin? So even before you and I were believers, The Holy Spirit was around us. He was working among us. He was pulling us towards Jesus, calling us to a different life. He's pulling some people this morning. He's busy. And so, Jesus, or John actually said in John 14, 16, and 26, and actually that whole chapter, that the Holy Spirit is called to be our helper, He's called to be our intercessor. He's called to be our advocate, our strengthener, our standby to act on behalf of Jesus himself. So where the disciples had Jesus walking with them every single day, now he said, I'm sending you my Holy Spirit. And it would be as if me, Jesus, would actually be right beside you. The Holy Spirit will also remind us and teach us of everything that Jesus said. That means Holy Spirit has a direct download of all of Jesus' words and teachings. The Holy Spirit was actually the one that inspired all of the prophets and the people who wrote the word of God. So that's why sometimes you'll hear someone teach and it will not resonate with your spirit. Because it's actually not from the Holy Spirit. That's why it's very important what you listen to, okay? And that's why we always say, you must hold us accountable. Don't just believe everything I say. Go and look for the scripture yourself and see if that's what the Bible says. Although I do study. (laughs) So we do trust that we are teaching you the truth, amen? Okay, the Holy Spirit's role is also to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Okay, that's called the sanctification process. So he develops love, joy, peace, all those things. He's the one that will develop it inside of us as we go on this journey of being more like Jesus. And number four, he will actually empower us with the gifts of the Spirit. And that is what I want to focus on this morning. I'm not going to go into the details of all the gifts. We are going to do lots of that. We are going to focus on a lot of that. I just want to focus this morning on the role of the Holy Spirit To empower the fire of the Holy Spirit, okay? To release something in you and me so that we can actually do and accomplish what He has called us to do. Because without it, we will not be able to. Now, I want to talk about this because I I realize that for us as Christians, you know, either we are in a place where we know all of this. So then what I'm going to say is going to be may be helpful to you when you teach others. Because who knows, God has called us to make more disciples. Not just me and Johannes making disciples. All of us are making disciples every day. Your children are disciples that you are raising up. And maybe there's someone that, maybe no one has ever explained it to you like this. And so maybe there is something new that you think, oh, I actually never understood it that way. This was what happened to me when I first was handed this little booklet that says blood, water, fire. This is a little tool that we use at Living Word. It was written by Wim Neville. Wim Neville, who's our senior pastor in Pretoria. Um, They planted Living Word 35 years ago, still going strong. He's in his 70s, works out every morning, leads half of the gym to the Lord, and then prays for the sick on weekends. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So I trust Neville's words because I can see the fruit in his life. Amen. Don't trust someone when you can't see fruit. So I want to talk about these three concepts. And we have these little booklets. When you are new to us or new to Living Word, we always give these booklets out. When people give their hearts to the Lord, we give this to them, especially if they are new. And, you know, maybe they've never, ever heard any of these things. Sometimes it's overwhelming just to be handed a Bible and you don't know, heck, where do I start? This is a little tool that gives all the scriptures condensed in a theme that makes it easy for someone to follow. Amen. So I want to talk about these three this morning, actually just about number three. But blood, these are the three foundations we need as Christians. Okay, number one, the blood represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is the process where we give our hearts to Jesus We become redeemed because of what he's done on the cross for us. The Bible says, when you and I are born again, when we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ, when we repent, which means I turn from our old ways and I walk in a new direction, that is being born again, that actually now I am a new creation. My spirit man is suddenly alive. Because before I was born again, my spirit man was completely dead to the Lord and dead to the things of the spirit and of the Lord. But through accepting what Jesus had done, I now become alive. That's why I'm born again. I'm a new baby in the spiritual realm. Amen. Does that make sense? Okay. Then the water speaks about the water baptism. Okay. Water baptism, the word baptizo in Greek actually means complete submersion under water. What is that? That is actually symbolic and a prophetic act of dying in my old life and my old man and being raised up just like Jesus was resurrected from the dead into a new life. Okay? So that is what the water baptism is. That's why it's important. We also tell people you need to be baptized. <laughs> and then the third thing, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is the fire. What is the fire? The fire is the baptism with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of empowerment. In other words, this is where the Holy Spirit comes on me and clothes me with power so that I can fulfill my God-given destiny, my purpose and my calling on this earth. So this is a real awesome booklet, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the fire section out of this booklet. If you don't have one of these, it's an awesome tool if you want to teach other people as well. So please come and grab one after the service. Okay. But when we talk about these three foundations, do I need all three of them to go to heaven? No. No. The only thing that secures my eternal life is the blood of Jesus. I can go to heaven without never being baptized in water and baptized with the Holy Spirit. But the question is, if I want to reach my destiny, if I want to do what God has called me to do, then why do I not want to? <laughs> okay, if Jesus did this and he is our example, then that means we do what he has done. Amen. And it's important that we have correct teaching about that. Because sometimes I've heard people teach the opposite. Your water baptism will not guarantee eternal life. It's merely a, a step of obedience to what the Lord has said. Amen. Are we, is that a Okay. Now, what happened at Pentecost? God poured out his spirit. Why? With the purpose of empowering them for the work of the ministry. And I love that even in the Old Testament, this was prophesied so many times. Everyone knows this scripture. It's in your notes. Joel 2, verse 28 to 29. He prophesied. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. On men, woo, and I love this. And on women, I will pour out my spirit. Come on, all the women rejoice. Women, I just want to say this. Johannes has already given me permission, so I know I can talk. Okay, God has also called women into the works of service in the ministry. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, so Acts 1 verse 8 said that you will receive... Power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word power is actually the Greek word dunamis. Okay, dunamis. The English word dynamite comes from that. I think this gives us a very clear indication of what he means when he says power. Dynamite. Okay, some of the um, translation says explosive power, mighty work, strength, miracle, ability. Everyone say ability. We're gonna talk about ability, inherent power for performing miracles, moral power and excellence of soul. How good is that? Moral power and excellence of soul, power consisting in or resting upon armies or forces. When we share with new people what we are about, we said God called us to raise up an army. Okay, we are not here to hang around. We are here to raise up an army to actually go and extend the kingdom of God on this earth. So that is why we need the power that rests on an army. And what were the results? We don't have time to go through the entire, you can read through the entire book of Acts, but what were the results of the disciples when they received this power of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to name a few. They were more effective in their witness and in their ministry on earth. Okay. When Peter spoke, when he stood up, and remember Peter was the one that, you know, he was a little bit radical and a little bit all over the show when they wanted to arrest Jesus. He somehow cut off the ear of one of the soldiers and Jesus put the ear back and, you know, ear was healed. And he was that guy saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. At one point, Jesus said to him, I rebuke you, Satan, just because he didn't want Jesus to get crucified. And he was the one that stood up after this baptism that they received in the upper room. He started preaching the word of God in a way that I'm sure the other disciples have never even heard that coming out of his mouth. And 3,000 people got saved. Okay. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. They were more effective in their witness and ministry. They were more effective in the proclamation of the gospel, the speaking they preaching and miracles that they performed. It, it, it's interesting, when you go and read through the Holy Spirit that ascended on everyone, on every single one of those 120 people, it said that the Holy Spirit came like fire, like, looking like tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. So I actually believe that part of baptism of the Holy Spirit is actually setting your tongue on fire. Because a lot of of the proclamation of the gospel comes through speaking. Yes, also our lives, absolutely. But the point we're talking about is also speaking. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were suddenly recognizable in their lives. The power over sin and demonic forces that they suddenly had. So many Christians are struggling to get over this and struggling to get over that. Well, maybe it's time for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you so that you will have power, moral power and excellence of soul. We always think, oh, miracles is only praying for the sick. Well, it's also a miracle when you can rise above sin in your life, when you can be victorious over a demonic presence. That is also power of the Holy Spirit. It included courage. It included boldness. Okay? It included confidence and insight, ability, and authority. So many people I talk to, when we talk about praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they only want to see one sign. Or they only think of this one thing. Can I tell you, when someone prayed for me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about that, I thought nothing happened. There was no mighty rushing wind that I knew of. Okay. There was no fire or things that I was seeing. But you know what was different? I had a burning desire and a, this amper engine what angesit was. Like I had a burning desire and a drive to preach the gospel. And remember, if you knew me, you can go and talk to people that knew me 15 years ago. I would not open my mouth in front of more than three people. That is what we call boldness. I felt and experienced a boldness that I only realized later was actually the effect of the Holy Spirit upon my life. So I want you this morning when we talk about Holy Spirit, don't think or put the Holy Spirit in a box of, it has to look like this. I have to now walk past people and suddenly my shadow must now heal everybody. Can it happen? Absolutely. Is that the only sign of the Holy Spirit? No. No. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. Courage, boldness, confidence. I'm telling you... Let me just take a sip of water. What was I talking about? Okay, the Holy Spirit. Confidence. Let me tell you, if you talk to someone, you can even ask my mom, you can ask my parents... Something changed so dramatically, there was a confidence in me that came out of nowhere. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. And so as I was thinking about this, as we were preparing, I thought to myself, wow, there's actually so much more that the Holy Spirit did than I actually even realized. Because I also thought it had to look this way or that way or that way. So you might be here this morning and you might be wondering, but Marissa, didn't I receive the Holy Spirit when I became born again? Absolutely, you did. Ephesians 1 verse 13. Ephesians 1 verse 13. I think it's somewhere. It will say indwelling, indwelling with the Holy Spirit. Yes. So at salvation. Okay, we'll do the next one. At sal- yeah, it's okay. You can go back to that one. The previous one, at salvation, when we received Jesus, we did receive his Holy Spirit. And now you can go to the next one. Ephesians 1.13 proves this. It says, in him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result believed in him, you were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. That is the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. So we say when we receive the Holy Spirit, it is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when we get born again. Because that means that the Lord has actually sealed me with his Holy Spirit as owner. That means I'm now a child of God. I am now actually born again into God's spiritual family. So we all have the Holy Spirit when we get born again. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says the same. It is He who has also put His seal on us. That is, He has appropriated and certified us as His, and has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a pledge, like a security deposit, to guarantee the fulfillment of His promise of eternal life. So this says, we received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when we became born again as a seal, as a guarantee that we are God's child. In other words, no one can ever take you out of God's hands. No one can take your eternal life from you. You are God's child. Amen. This is important for us to understand. So I'm really going into doctrine of the Holy Spirit this morning. Okay. Previous slide. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit one. So the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us, seals us as God's property, his children. This is the mark of sonship. Son and daughters of God, okay? Some of us are so concerned about the mark of the beast. Do you have the mark of sonship? Then no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. And interesting, some people who teach against the baptism of the Holy Spirit will say, well, what about Jesus' disciples? He was still there. Were they born again? Go and read John 20 verse 22. It says that, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive my Holy Spirit. They had the indwelling Holy Spirit in them before the baptism. So, okay, so what is the baptism then? The baptism with the Holy Spirit is actually another experience. For some people, it can happen at the same time. But generally, it is to equip and empower us. For works of service. Who has those little baskets with the mine, um, lappies in? Okay, I'll just grab a lappy. So what I want to illustrate. Ach, Jana, won't you come and be my model? Okay, when the Holy Spirit is indwelling, when I receive Holy Spirit. Okay, that's indwelling Holy Spirit number one. Okay, now she's a child of God. God has sealed her. Now, can I get Holy Spirit stays inside of you. Now, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit at the baptism will come upon you, will come over you, will clothe you for power. This is the point where the Holy Spirit comes and anoints you with His anointing, anoints you with power so that you are able to do the works that God has assigned for us to do. Because did you know that the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 5, we have all received the ministry of reconciliation between God and man. So not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, not just the prophet, every single believer has received the mandate For the ministry of reconciliation. That means all of us needs this cloth of power. All of us needs this baptism of the Holy Spirit for power because all of us are called to reconcile people with the Lord. Amen. Does that make sense this morning? Bill Johnson says it so beautifully. Holy Spirit comes inside of me for me. He comes over me for others. Over me for power, for service. I mean, fatoyere, dankie. Does that make sense this morning? So what I want to say about this is, what is the aim of today's teaching? The aim of this morning teaching is for us to understand the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. For number one reason, so we understand have we been baptized with the Holy Spirit? And if not, we are going to pray for people this morning. And number two, as a believer, when was the last time you prayed for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Who here has been saved for longer than one month? Longer than a month? Longer than one year? Longer than five years? Ten years? Thirty? I'm going to stop. Otherwise, people are going to think I'm pointing out their age. (laughs) When was the last time you prayed for someone to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit? You don't have to answer. But I believe that God is actually calling us to be equipped and empowered. And something that I learned that I actually think changed my life and ministry, my personal relationship with the Lord, Is I learned from our pastor, J.C. in Cape Town, whenever he leads someone to the Lord, he doesn't wait for them to get water baptized. He doesn't wait for them to do some course. He immediately prays for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he wants them to come alive. Okay. Why do we need to wait? There's no order in these things. Okay. For some people... Some people have come to us and said, I've never been baptized in water. And when we baptize them in water, we also baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And you've seen the results. A lot of people who are serving you every Sunday. Lauren, I've actually got a word for you. Actually, as I was praying last night, Lauren was also someone who came to us. We didn't know her from a bar of soap. And she came and I don't know, there was something about her that was just hungry for the Lord. I think before you came, actually, you received your first Bible as a gift from someone in the group, and she started walking this journey. And I said, "Johannes, this girl is just hungry for the Lord." And we prayed for her, and she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She was water baptized, and even I think in the last month, as we were, she's also a group facilitator at Liberating um, the Human Spirit course. And one night we were praying for people, and we just felt like the Lord wanted to baptize her with another gift. And since then, she comes every week to our team meeting with a praise report and a testimony of what she's experiencing God say and God doing. And I look at her and I think that is the power of God at work among us. And all of our team have testimonies like that. And I'm telling you, when I was praying, oh yeah, when I was praying for you last night, I was actually praying for the service and the Lord showed me Lauren and you were sitting there with these huge, gigantic, too large for your head, earphones. And I said, okay, Lord. And I honestly feel, Lauren, that the Lord is going to expand and increase your ability to hear in the Spirit like never before. God has already been doing an incredible work in your life to, for dreams and visions and for more of the supernatural. But I believe today there's going to be a new increase to hear His voice in the Spirit like never before. So I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you afterwards as well. But I saw you. It was gigantic earphones. And I believe there is a new antenna in the spirit over your life and for you to hear the Lord's voice. And there is something powerful God is setting you up for. And so that is what we are trusting for for everyone this morning. Amen. Okay, I'm so over my time. Okay, so what will happen when we pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay, if we look back at the example of the apostles, for them, they started speaking in other known languages. Now, I want you to listen very carefully this morning. If there is one area that trips us up as Christians when it comes to the receiving of the Holy Spirit... It is this thing of speaking in tongues. Not only is the body of Christ so divided about it, I actually believe that this is one of the weapons of the enemy to try and keep Christians from moving in the power of God. And that's why we are often not seeing Christians and the church at large move in the power of God the way the Bible describes it because we get scared of the supernatural and of what we don't know. And also because there is such a lot of nonsense teachings out there. Okay. Can I just make it very clear and simple this morning for us? Okay. I want to say this. Some people say, is it a human language? Is it a a heavenly dialect? What is it? Okay. If scholars are divided, all of us are probably going to be divided. Can I just share with you what I saw in the word? That scripture that we read in Acts... The disciples, actually, it says that they spoke in known human languages. How do we know that? Because all of the people that were actually attending the Pentecost festival could understand their own languages being spoken. Okay? It's very clear the Bible says that. Then when you go and read the chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 that speaks about the gifts of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul says... Because I think already in that time, people were tripping out about speaking in tongues. And he said to them, speaking in tongues is actually there to edify you. And it will be something that only you and the Lord or only the Lord can understand. People will not understand you. I will give you the exact scripture. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. It said that speaking in tongues, what he's speaking about there is something mysterious that people will not understand. So if I read my Bible correctly, there are two speaking in tongues that it refers to. When um, Neville tells the story of a uh, church service that happened, I don't know where this happened. But people were literally, in the, it, while they were in worship, one person stood up and he started shouting in a tongue a different language that no one in the room could understand. And the pastor immediately got up, as I'm sure we would also do, and, you know, get this person to just, you know, quiet down. They can do that afterwards. And he said, I'm sorry, I had no control over this. And someone from the outside stormed into the church building and said, here I am. And everyone was like, okay, what are you talking about? And this guy that came running into the church building said to them, I heard someone in my dialect shout, there is someone in the street wanting to kill himself. The Lord is saying, you must come into the building. We will pray for you. He's got a plan for your life. This guy didn't even know, but the Spirit of God gave him an ability to speak in another known dialect for the purpose of that man's life being restored. But for the most of us, sometimes when we pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in something that sounds like gibberish, like babatal. And that is something that for me, that's what it sounded like. And it was something that is between me and the Lord. The Apostle Paul says it's to edify yourself. Now I want to say this. Sometimes you have people with good hearts praying for people. And they really want people to experience this gift of speaking in tongues so they can edify themselves. But they try and force you. And I know for many people that has happened. And that's why many people have actually stepped back. Because the Bible actually says, as the Spirit will give you utterance. No one can force you to speak anything that hasn't come from the Holy Spirit. Okay? So... And the Apostle Paul also said, I pray that all of you can pray in tongues. But what is even more important is that you know how to prophesy. So I want to leave that here. If we pray for you and you suddenly feel your tongue move and you want to say something, then go for it. Say it. Keep speaking. It will grow into something. But if that doesn't happen, that does not mean you did not receive the Holy Spirit. That does not mean you are not as anointed as someone else. Speaking in tongues is not the most important thing. It is not. What is more important is for us to receive the Holy Spirit and let Him give you utterance. Let Him give you the gifts that He wants to give to you because all of our callings look different. Not everyone is called like me to jump up and down with a microphone and preach. Some of us are actually called to be very gifted and anointed accountants. And you might have the gift of unusual discernment, unusual wisdom, unusual knowledge. Okay? It doesn't all look the same. Amen? Sometimes people ask me, I'm just going to talk about one or two more things and then we're going to pray. Sometimes people say, well, what if I don't experience anything in the natural Some people say they experience goosebumps. Some people say they feel hot. Some people feel cold. Some people, like me, had zero (laughs) feeling. Okay, can I just say this this morning? Our feelings have absolutely nothing to do with it. Okay? It doesn't matter if you feel hot, if you feel cold, if you feel nothing. Sometimes people will fall under the weight of the Spirit, sometimes you don't even feel any weight. What (laughs) weight? Okay? I want to say this. Whatever our experience does not change the Word of God. Can I just encourage... Is that encouraging for anyone this morning? I wish someone told me that before they prayed for me. Because when someone prayed for me for the first time, I was a new Christian. I just gave my heart to the Lord. They prayed... They told me to just move my tongue. Nothing happened. I didn't feel anything. I was so disappointed. I cried on my way home. Because I thought, what? (laughs) Because I experienced nothing. When I thought I experienced nothing, now I thought I didn't receive the Holy Spirit. And I listened to an incredible testimony of who knows who Daniel Kalenda is. Daniel Kalenda, who knows who Reinhard Bonnke is? Okay, Reinhard Bonke's successor. Um, What's his name? I just said it. Daniel Kalenda. Okay. He was preaching in a conference in South Africa, and he was sharing this testimony about a pastor that came from a very traditional background, and he didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And... He went to this huge crusade meeting and they were praying for everyone and lots of people experienced the Lord. Some had goosebumps, some fell down, you know, some spoke in tongues, some just stood there like nothing happened. And he said to his congregation, he came back the next week and he said to them, see, I told you, this is nonsense. There is no such thing as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, as I was there The whole crowd experienced something and I didn't. So it's absolutely nonsense. And as he did this, his whole congregation fell under the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So he uses this example and he says, you might actually be in the environment and think nothing has happened to you. But a week later, two weeks later, four weeks later, something shows up in your life that is different. Something like it's impossible for us not to receive when we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. So can I just please say this? Let's not hang on to some expectation or idea or feeling or what we think must happen. I just really want to pray for two groups of people this morning. For those who said, actually, I don't ever remember someone praying for me to receive the Holy Spirit. And number two, if you feel like I am running on fumes and I'm running on empty, I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit this morning. My hand is up. The Apostle Paul said, we must continuously be filled. Amen. And so I want to leave you with one last scripture. Luke 11, verse 11 to 13 says the following. What father among you? If his son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead of a fish. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then being evil, that he actually means sinful by nature, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? Amen. So I want to pray and I'm just going to take a few more moments to pray because I really believe it's important this morning. So I want you to close your eyes and the team can just put on that last Fresh Wind song and I'm going to guide us through that. And I want you to just really focus on the Lord this morning. And I want to pray for two groups of people Okay, we can, we can just focus in and zone in on the Holy Spirit this morning. This is really important. I felt like the Lord said to me last night, I want to fan a flame. I want to fan a flame my children this morning. We're going to ask the children's church if one of the team can just quickly go down and just ask to hold on to the kids for just one moment. This is really important. Let's focus on the Holy Spirit this morning. If you are here this morning and you have never, ever been prayed for for the Holy Spirit, I want you to be really, really bold this morning and come to the front. What is going to happen? Johannes and I are just going to pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning and you need to be prayed for? Come on, awesome. God's going to honor your boldness this morning. I want to encourage you, church, Now is the time. Okay, you can just come and stand in the front, and we're going to pray. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I want the team to come closer as well, please. Second group of people, if you are here this morning, and you need a fresh outpouring, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come to the front. If you're saying, Lord, I need confidence in who you've called me to be. I need the power of the Holy Spirit for what you've called me to do. And I want to say, church, this morning, don't be shy. This is the time to be bold. Don't fear any previous experiences. Don't fear whatever people are saying. All of us must be in the front. Come forward. Come on. We're going to trust the Holy Spirit to minister this morning. And Lauren, you can just add some volume to the music. And those of you, while we are going to pray for people here, while we pray for people, I want you to just enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come on. And while you are here, just close your eyes. And I want you to literally say to the Lord, Lord, I am in a place of receiving. And why don't you just hold out your hands to Him this morning? And I'm going to first lead us corporately into a prayer. And then Johannes and I are going to lay hands because how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Number one, it says we need to have faith. We need to have faith and believe that God wants to deposit His Spirit on His children. And number two, it says that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to ask, that you just repeat after me and we're gonna ask Jesus to fill us afresh. Amen? Why don't you just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, ek het u lief, jere, ek het begeerte vandag vir u heilige geest en ek vroeg u nou, kom doop my met u heilige met heilige Met kracht en met feer in Jesus naam. Amen. And I want you to just stand in that place en ontvang niet nou van die heren. Laat niet toe dat die Heilige Geest niet oor jou kom. Span, wees van mij wakker. Laat die Heilige Geest niet door jou kom spoel. Heren, ik bid nou een release van die Heilige Geest krachtdadig oor elke persoon hier. Kom oor jullie nou, heren een vaars wind van die Heilige Geest, nou in Jesus naam, dankie dank dankie jyre, oor elke persoon, laat hy vloei vloe oor jou, strome van levende water, jy sal voel die kom net oor jou, strome van levende water, jyre, van die toppunt van hulle kop, tot die onderkant van hulle voete, in Jesus naam, in Jesus naam, dankie jyre, dankie jyre, ons gaan individueel vir hulle kom bid, maar hou net aan, sê net dankie vir jyre, dankie jy niks, dis gaan nie. Jy Nou sê dankie dankie in Jesus' Lord, we thank you this morning that you are such a good God and that you are so faithful. And Father, I pray. I want to pray a blessing over every person that received your Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, I pray that you will continue to minister to their hearts. Minister to their spirits. Lord, I thank you for a new boldness that was released this morning. Lord, I thank you for a new fire in every person's heart. And Lord, I pray that you will lead them into all truth in this week to come. Lord, that your fresh wind would propel them forward. Lord, I pray as they open their Bibles, something new would come. Lord, I pray that as they put on worship music as they go home, Lord, something new they would experience. Lord, I thank you that you will bring opportunities for them to share your gospel, to be your witnesses. Lord, in the city, in their homes, in their schools, in their workplaces, in their businesses. Lord, in Czechos, in Peekampai, I thank you for godly encounters like never before. And Lord, I thank you that you are faithful and that you are always there and that, Lord, you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. So, Father, we ask that you will just continue to grow us. Continue to mold us. Continue to propel us forward with your fire in Jesus' name. Amen. You are welcome just to continue to enjoy the worship. Let the Lord just minister to you. The team will minister with a cup of coffee outside. And if you need one of these booklets, please come and let the team know. Imke is at the desk outside and she will have one for you. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Have an awesome week.